you know, the standard is the foundation. That's the base, right? Uh, and unfortunately, I think Jerry can attest to this. There's people that work below the base. There's, there's people that work below uh, what anybody should be operating at. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Searching for the standard in EP. Today, John Moss and myself are delighted to bring to you, hot off the heels of a recent event, Jared Boniello and James Cameron, Chair and Vice Chair of BEPP and many other hats. John, this was an exciting event. We had representation from the UK, from the States, of course, but raising the standard or even searching for it. Why does it elude us? Uh-huh. This is a great conversation to be a part of, and I'll tell you why. Because we've got no skin in the game. I mean, that's probably not strictly true because you know it's all it's all one industry, and uh, we have to care about what's going on within our industry, no matter uh, what the location, the geography, and so on. Uh, but you know, we've spent so much time over the last couple of decades talking about and fighting and arguing over the standards that we should be sitting uh, setting here in the UK in the lead up to you know the SIA which you could say now is really quite well established you know as to well whether it's well governed and implemented is a different question and that's that is kind of what I was alluding to at the start of all of this, and it, it's good to be able to sit back and see how somebody else is handling that with, of course, the foresight of being able to see how things were rolled out in the UK with the SIA. So this is going to be really interesting. Absolutely. And uh, and people still talk about that transition period in the UK, um, the uh, less governed approach, the more governed approach. Um, I'm not sure that there's complete synergy with what's going on in the states but but the question of you know who's asking for a standard what is in a standard how far can you deviate from a standard i i think these are these are all really really relevant uh questions and of course we did have uh james on february 2022 to sort of uh, dispel myths uh, look look at his work look at the work of the bepp i can see now several uk stakeholders uh, who are prominent in the world of standards that we all uh, know and love, they are engaging uh, with uh, with this uh, initiative too. So so it is a bit more uh, global. But but I guess I mean it's a bit of a chicken and egg, isn't it? Um, who's asking for what? Does the end customer know what they're asking for? Um, uh, what, and and more to the point, Palum, who's deciding? Mm. Who's deciding? You know, and this is the thing that will divide many people. Uh, especially with this particular type of model where it's a kind of self-governance or self-appointed governance. You know, here in the UK with the SIA, it it came in through uh, more official channels and therefore everyone in the industry can either rally behind it or against it uh, or for it. Whereas I guess another, um, another aspect of what you know, James and his board are trying to do 
is to win over and and to sell this idea to maybe a a large proportion of the industry that aren't convinced that this is the way to go absolutely and and i think they they would be the first to admit that this is supposed to be the industry's standard so 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 then again there is that dynamic does does one uh suggest it to them does one collate it from them and you know where where is the bar how many are operating underneath the bar um and then does the end customer care what about the people who are maybe very very experienced um anyway this 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 is this is a great debate and great to frame it in the very very current uh hot off the heels um conference that they just ran in kansas city um so 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 there'll be a lot of eyes on this topic a lot of eyes on their work and uh and we, we're very much looking forward to uh, to hearing from them let's look at the search for an ep standard in the united states and now let's meet one of the contributors to the circuit magazine Outcomes from the Executive Security Operations Conference. I'm here with James Cameron, Chair, and Gerard Boniello, Vice Chair of BEPP. Great pleasure to have you on. Very, very timely session. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you for having us. Great to get on. Great to capture this moment in time. It's a week since the inaugural conference. Well done. Lots of great feedback online and in person. We're talking the output and outcome of this conference. And in a way, this helps distill lessons learned. This helps tee up next year's conference. But actually, for the Circuit Magazine podcast, this is a great way to get a sense of what was happening, what people learned um, from uh, the, the the organizers themselves. So, uh, James and uh, Gerard, I'll ask my three quickfire questions, uh, which uh, you know I, I usually do to frame the debate. What was the problem? you were trying to solve with this conference? Uh, I think the problem that we were looking at was uh, people not getting a lot of content when they walk away from a conference. Uh, We wanted to solve that. We wanted it to be uh, great speakers, great topics uh, that people would pay attention to. And uh, the networking is great, but it's a, we wanted a good combination of good networking and, and great content with speakers. Okay. Fantastic. And, I, I suppose this ties into the mission of BEPP, and we have covered this, uh, you know, quite a lot on our previous session with uh, with yourself, James. But where does your passion come from for 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 this endeavor? Uh, my passion is just giving back to the community. That's been great to me. Um, I, I enjoy executive protection. I've been doing it for fifteen plus years, and at some point, you you reach that point where you have experience to start giving back. And over the years of experience of, you know, what my disappointments in the industry are and how do we fix that? How do we correct those disappointments? And for you, Jared? Well, it's similar. I'm, I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. It's done through hard work. It's done through being given opportunities by other folks who saw something in me and the industry has been, very good to me. So I want to give back to the industry and give others that I see promise and an an opportunity to succeed. And we just need uh, a 
we just need to help the industry uh, all around. And that's basically where the passion comes from to see this succeed. Fantastic. And, and, and then I suppose, uh, you know, my third quick fire question, the uninitiated protector, not, not every protector is uninitiated. I, I grant you, but what should those who didn't attend better understand about the goals and the outcomes and the focus of, of, of the event? I think what uh, the uninitiated, the ones that didn't make it, and we get that, that it's an inaugural conference and not everybody's going to, everyone's going to take a wait and see uh, kind of uh, stance. Uh, but what they missed was some excellent speakers, uh, very high level, uh, not just in government, but in the private sector as well, very high level presenters on timely topics, uh, the amount of content that we delivered as well. Uh, one of my proudest moments is that everybody walked away with every single presentation in print uh, that just doesn't happen. And we wanted to make sure that that was part of our delivery to our attendees, that uh, they were able to walk away uh, with that knowledge and that, that reference. Somebody who attends a lot of conferences, we took, we took the, what were the, what were the positives that we've seen in other conferences, the benefits, how do we, accentuate those and enhance those and what are the things that we see that other conferences lack and let's fill that void and that's uh, that's exactly what we did um, uh, and we like James said every attendee received the presentation book which was James how, how many pages were in there 180 pages 180 page presentation book uh, of every uh, presentation that was uh, given as well as all of the sponsor information. Uh, it was um, it was pretty significant, and I think that was a, a a huge surprise to the attendees. Fantastic, and and every everyone loves that uh, that sort of added value, and you know the EP community, great uh, great readers, great learners. So so as so I can fully appreciate why that's uh, that's gone down very well, and. Um, so 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 let's get into perhaps some of the topics and 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 the themes. Um, was 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 this primarily a U.S. Uh, conference, or or were you were you open to international themes as well? Uh, we're definitely open to international themes, and as a matter of fact, we had, uh, including the U.S., we had six countries represented at our at our conference. So we had people from uh, we had visitors from the U.K., we had Australia, we had Mexico, we had a lot of Canadians uh, that were there. Um, so it seems it's all relevant uh, to CP or EP, depending on what you call it. And I saw I saw our good friend uh, Jackie Davis uh, was uh, was there. That's that's fantastic, uh, sort of showing from across the pond, um, which uh, yeah. which, is, which is really good. But where where does this tie in with what we previously spoke about, uh, James, on our previous uh, podcast about the ANSI uh, standard? Was was this a vehicle to help uh, develop that standard, announce it, spread awareness? Where, where does that tie in? I think it was a great opportunity to answer questions about the ANSI standard and really dive into the how uh, how an organization like ours, what we had to do to get that accreditation and then what the overall process is to write that standard and, and making sure that it was understood, like we've discussed on the podcast previously, it's not the BEPP that is writing the standard, it is the industry professionals that are writing it. And there's an actual process in which we follow uh, to ensure that everybody has a voice that wants to be heard um, and, and we give that opportunity. So we did uh, answer a lot of questions. We had a full presentation on the ANSI, uh, on the ANSI process and, and our progress 
uh, update. Uh, but also, we wanted to make sure that we touched on topics that are uh, that could be in the standard um, and more elaborate, uh, elaborate a little bit more. Like we had Dr. Michelle Keening, uh, the special advisor to or the senior advisor to the U.S. Secret Service on protective intelligence. Obviously, that's a topic that's going to be in the standard. Uh, but she is at the highest level that was able to uh, articulate uh, protective intelligence. Like it. And, and, and what, what stood out for you, Gerard? Because I'm, I'm trying to give our audience a flavor of, of the, the kind of topics, you know, the keynotes, the themes, um, because at, at at other events, you know, we, we cover operations and TSCM and uh, standards. Yes, is, is, is also in there. But this is an operations conference, at least in, in the name. What 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 stood out um, for, for, for you, Gerard? The high level of speakers um, was really front and center. We had the deputy director of the State Department Diplomatic Security Service. We had like uh, James said, Dr. Michelle Keeney from the Secret Service. We had uh, Mary Beth Jenke, another Dr. Mary Beth Jenke. Uh, the, and Joe Torre. I mean, we can go down the, the line of, uh, of these speakers, uh, but they were all senior, senior level. So we weren't talking about things like what goes in a go bag or, uh, you know, these kinds of, these kinds of, elementary type of topics in the industry. So uh, they had, we had, uh, the audience was filled with you know, senior members uh, of the industry. And that's, like I said, I, I attend a lot of conferences and that was really, uh, that was something that stood out in terms of the, the quality of the speakers and the attendees. And if I could add one thing on the, on the, the, the the, the range that we had. So we had government, obviously, that was speaking, but we also had Scott Lowther, who runs a very large protection or a family office for an individual. And he was able to uh, give a presentation on what does he look for in vendors? When he hires vendors, what is he looking for? Uh, and how does he make his decision on hiring security vendors, which is great for business owners to know. And then on the other spec, on the other end of the spectrum, we also had a uh, gentleman Jason Bertrand, who is a true solo practitioner, and he was talking about all the things that he has to do as a solo practitioner without a large apparatus or a large team to support him. So it really was, you know, from the largest, you know, private team uh, organization all the way down to the solo and then kind of everything in between to include, uh, like Gerard said, Dr. Mary Beth Jenke, who focused on the mental health of the practitioner. So how often do you go to a conference where the practitioners actually talked about and how do we take care of ourselves? Because if we don't take care of ourselves and we obviously can't deliver a safe service to our clients. Absolutely. And it was, it was, it was very nice. Uh, uh, Dr. Mary Beth Yankee came to the Bodyguards for Kids initiative, which we were also supporting. So I, I, I'm very familiar with, uh, with her work. So great, great, to, great to see that aspect covered. Um, so, so to to place this, I suppose, in the canon of events, would you say that maybe out there, 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 there's enough other content for people who are not yet proper executive protection specialists, and it sort of promises 
that that content sort of speaks to how to get in the industry, whereas perhaps your conference was a lot more for the senior leadership, the the seasoned professional um, and, and, and sort of business operations questions. Um, is that a good way to frame it? Uh, yeah, and no. We so we that's how we came into this. We wanted a senior level conference, which we did. We, we were successful, and I would say after the conference was announced, what maybe you know two months before the conference, we announced that we let's do an after conference conference where we focused on the uh, newly initiated into executive protection, where we discussed uh, everything from how to explain. Uh, return on investment to potential clients, to resume tips, hiring practices, or or uh, interview uh, practices, uh, networking. So we did. Co- we really covered the entire gamut. And the after conference conference wasn't for everybody, and it was more of a relaxed panel. It was a very loose discussion, um, and uh, so I think we were able to cover both uh, both segments. What, what do you think, Jerry? I, I think. That format that we chose to do um, last, relatively last minute, was was outstanding. And the reason because you had the executives that came in for this conference, and they were very pleased. But then they decided to leave. And some of the, uh, like James said, newly initiated, or some of the folks that have only been in the industry for a short period of time. But then there were some seasoned practitioners in there as well that wanted to hear what we had to say. So they stayed around while others, um, you know, we weren't. We weren't. I don't want to use the word boring uh, others, but they had the they elected to leave because the conference was conference was over, and this was specifically targeted to a select group. And so I don't recall how many were there. I would say fifty, maybe Jim. I'm not sure. Yeah, pro- yeah, probably about fifty. Yeah, fifty folks stayed, and we had like like James said, it was a uh, it was uh, rapid fire. It was very quick. Uh, we jumped. Uh, we gave each topic you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes and just moved along. And we did it from one to four, uh, no, one to five, I'm sorry, one to five. And I think it was fantastic. I think it was great. I think a lot of people got, a lot of the messages that I got after on LinkedIn and Facebook and through email were uh, not only about the talk, the uh, conference overall, but specifically about that particular piece that they, they took a lot away from that. And I can, I can imagine how, useful that must be because sometimes i've seen newer practitioners say well this is great but this i'm not a multi-million dollar enterprise and then conversely i've seen multi-million dollar enterprises at other events and other you know you know forums saying well this is good but as as james said it is about the right bag to carry which might not be read right right for a ceo of of, of such a thing might be might not be so dividing it up i think that that that's very sensitive to the different needs um of the organization um how does this tie in with your goal to professionalize the the the, the industry does it does it does it seek to to create a pathway um I'm, I'm i'm wondering how how that feeds into the work of the ANSI standard in that way uh i mean the ANSI standard is is that's moving along. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, the the awareness that we brought, I have a mm. I have a lot of emails that I got to get to still of people volunteering saying this is great. I want to be part of this. So it really drove a lot more traffic of more volunteers to uh, to to help work on the ANSI standard. And I think we look at this this conference, the standard. Um, 
this is the, the, the holistic way of looking at EP. You know, you can't just have a standard. Then there's, there's, there's a follow-on where we have speakers talking about relevant uh, and current topics or issues that they are facing. Um, and then, you know, there's going to be other things that uh, other initiatives that we're coming up with in the future, but it's all, it's all packaged together. You know, it, it really is about uh, setting a new standard for how EP or CP is done. And that includes our, our events, our, our conferences that we go to. Um, there are a lot of conferences out there everywhere from ATAP to GSX, but they're not, they're not specific to what we're doing. Well, we're trying to make that uh, specific to what we're doing at a senior level uh, because senior levels do have issues that they need to resolve. Uh, they also need to network with vendors because obviously they can't provide all the solutions in-house. Uh, so this is that's the platform that we're trying to give. And, and BEPP is not the same as the ANSI standard, which, which I think is very important to, to sort of highlight, isn't it? Right. I mean, we it is a we, we are a nonprofit organization that is really looking to improve the industry. Uh, on a on a on a larger scale than just just the standard i mean that is great and that's going to make uh massive changes but there's other areas that uh we hope to uh you know impact so 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 on that let's talk about it the work of the bepp what are you looking to achieve you know going forward um we, we're looking at this conference as as a great vehicle there's going to be fantastic outputs outcomes you've already got that fantastic document but for those who've yet to sort of see the board and the breadth of the BEPP, um, what what are you working on? What what are, what are you working towards as a group? Well, first, I think we're kind of catch our breath after this conference. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, while I think it was fantastic, um, uh, we still have after actions to do, which we are doing this weekend. We, you know, there was uh, there's there's bumps in the road, of course. Um, that, that we've identified and, you know, we got to iron those out. Now we got to start talking possible possibility for next year. Um, while the standard is, is being worked on, as a matter of fact, at the end of this month, the technical committee and the working group have documents that are due to us. So we're, we're still doing that in the background uh, as well. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, and, and on top of that, we still have the board certification that we're working on as well to help, uh, elevate and we got tremendous feedback about about that at the conference from these seven you know senior level stakeholders that are out there saying oh that's fantastic uh, we're very interested in that so uh, we do have a lot on our plate uh, we're juggling a lot uh, you know we're spending a lot of uh, we're juggling a lot of a lot of balls at the same time you know uh, but it's all for the benefit of of the the industry yeah there is no. This is not a uh, an agenda. We have no agenda. This is not um, for us. And and what James said in the opening of the conference is this is not our conference. It's not about us. This is your conference. We're doing this for you. And everything that we do is is for the greater good of the industry and those involved in the industry. Uh, there are folks uh, folks that see this as some sort of a um, uh, a ploy or an agenda or an avenue to something, you know, that's going to enrich us. It's that's, uh, unfortunately, when you see that, you look at that because that might be your motivation, but it's not our motivation. Uh, our motivation is to just create and do something that is going to enhance the the industry. And, uh, you know, this conference was put together in six months and we did it backwards as we've probably been doing everything. And yeah. rather than come up with a budget and, 
based the conference on the budget, we came up with the conference going, you know, high scale, trying to do everything as as best we could, picked a great venue, had a great menu, amazing speaker, all of this. We picked all of this out and then we figured out how much it cost. And then, and that's when the work started trying to come up with the money uh, and hoping that we would cover it. And uh, it wasn't a, basically, I think until the last maybe two weeks that we were able to say, okay, you know, this was never about making money, but it certainly wasn't about bleeding us dry either. <laughs> Uh, but we, uh, as you well know, I mean, how many conferences have you put on? This is your thing. You know, this is your wheelhouse. So you know exactly what we're talking about. And about this last um, week to the conference, we decided, we, we realized, okay, you know, we're we're going to break even on this thing. And and uh, it was a lot of sleepless nights before that. So, uh, but but that's the way we did it. And, and because we did it that way, you know, we're not smart enough to do it the other way. We figured it out that we wanted to do the best we could. And, and it was, and it, and it all paid off. And going back to Jackie Davis and also Mary Beth Janke, both of, of uh, the doctors had said to us, I mean, both of the ladies had said to us at different times, you know how I know that this was a great conference? Because I was able to sit through the entire conference. That tells you it was a good conference because... They said when they go to others, they sit through just a couple of the speakers. There are some conferences that they sit through one, but they said that they sat through all of the speakers in this particular conference. And that was uh, that was huge coming from Jackie Davis and uh, Dr. Mary Beth Janke. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 certainly a very important format. And you alluded. Yes, I this is my normal. This is my day job. right? <laughs> so so I, I for, for those, uh, you know, listening, there's a very knowing smile that I imagine came across my face when you said uh, build it in there will come field of dreams um, type 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 approach to it. But but yet that's 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 what happens. But then this isn't your day job either, which 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 is very important to note, because you 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 each you all have day jobs and this is something that you you do on the side voluntarily so uh, it, you know sometimes you you alluded to people that might say well what's the what's the message what's the intent uh, i mean certainly it being not your day job it, it, it is certainly a reassuring factor in in some respects james isn't it well we we uh yeah, i mean we we all have day jobs and every saturday I don't know, for the last three, four months, uh, we meet up every Saturday, uh, discuss what needs to take place. And, and, uh, we're constantly talking on, on group chats or an email, passing ideas back and forth, whether like, you know, branding, what do the banners look like? And then approving, you know, and, and getting those things. What about the menu? What hors d'oeuvres do we serve? So sorting out all those things on our free time, uh, that we don't have, uh, you know, that we're not putting towards our work. Again, it's it, it was quite challenging, and like Jerry had alluded to, we went into this not of the mindset of how do we make money, but we went into it how do we how do we provide the best value for our attendees and provide the biggest return for our sponsors, um, and whether that was through our social media marketing of the conference and always making sure that they were mentioned, uh, things like that. But that's how we approach this, and I'll tell you. Uh, we still haven't got the final hotel bill, so I'm still a little <laughs> worried. <laughs> yeah, what that's going to look like. Uh, but I mean, it 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 really came out uh, proper, and and you know, to our own detriment at sometimes, you know, as far as 
we always want to be transparent. We, we want to dispel any rumors that there is about anything. So at the end of this conference, when we have the final totals, we're going to be posting everything online. You know, how much did things cost? How much was the food and beverage? How much was audio visual? Cause I think people don't really understand. You do, obviously people don't understand that it costs $21,000 for audio visual, you know, for a day and a half. Um, so we just really want to dispel the fact that we're really here for the community um, and for the industry. Yeah, especially if uh, the the hotel is captured by one of the uh, audiovisual firms. But uh, no, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you've heard of Corkage? Well, there's Corkage with audiovisual anyway. Um, but going going back to sort of reassuring people about the mission and and things, I've just brought up on 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 my screen uh, some of the questions that I asked you back uh, all the way back in uh, I think February 2022. And, and we looked at the standard, we looked at the BEPP uh, mission, um, and, and one of them, uh, I sort of said, well, we're talking about raising the standard or, or at least creating a bar. And I asked, well, are, are there any operators in work operating currently below your proposed standard? Uh, I'd, I'd be interested in your thoughts as to if that's the case or has it changed or ha have we seen progress towards your standard over the last year? Well, I think people need to, you know, the standard is the the, the foundation. That's the base, right? Uh, and unfortunately, I think Jerry can attest to this. There's people that work below the base. There, there, there's people that work below uh, what anybody should be operating at, um, whether they're operating without a license, without insurance, that's not the standard. The standard is if you're going to operate, you need, you need to have those things. So, yeah, unfortunately, there's still going to be people. And there's always going to be people. When we come out with a standard, well, there's always going to be uh, those that don't operate within it. Um, I think right now, because nothing has actually been released as far as the standard documentation, we're still in the same spot. But there's a lot more awareness of what we're working towards. And some of the some of the things that we've been able to dispel, which I think uh, I don't know if we did it a year ago, because, again, we're learning as we're going. Uh, but, you know, the standard is really to focus on the must do's, not the should do's. And when you explain that and say, OK, the standard is going to be based on uh, or something that a solo practitioner can do or a team of 15 can do. It has to be at that level or else it's not going to be a standard because you got solo practitioners out there that always build below the standard. Um, so explaining that um, and that we are taking that into consideration. Uh, so I think that's that's one of the things that changed and that's, uh, since the last time we spoke. But even this conference, we wanted to set a standard for the conference. And I think we've done that as well. Uh, you know, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing people print out presentations and giving them to their their attendees. I've never seen that before. Uh, we all discussed all the conferences we've gone to. We've never seen it. You always get promised digital copies that does that may or may not come to fruition. Uh, but he, we gave physical. Here's here, here it is. It's on your table when you sit when you come and sit down. Um, so that's, again, everything we're trying to do is always going to try to push the envelope and raise that bar, uh, even if it's just ever so slightly. Absolutely. If there are there are folks that work uh, below the standard on a daily basis. I mean, that is, you know, mediocrity is the new normal. And so uh, there are folks that are doing that every day. And if there weren't, then we probably wouldn't be pushing the need for the standard so um, so fervently. And we we are not in a position that, you know, um, you can be a barber uh, and you have to go through 600 hours of barber college most of the time to get that. And certainly standard there and they're cutting hair and not that, that 
that, you know, taking anything away from that, but it's that, you know, if we make a mistake in what we do, it's certainly more significant than, um, than maybe cutting a hair a little too short, a little too long. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's something that it was needed. We've seen, I think a positive change where people are now embracing it more. Uh, they're less, they're less fearful of it because uh, a great many folks thought that this was going to knock them out of the industry for whatever reason. And now that they've become more acquainted with it, more familiar with it, they're embracing it and they like, they like it because it's going to differentiate those that do quality work, work above the standard versus those that don't. Yeah, no, that, and, and, and that's a good point. I think a, a lot of people have been more reassured or at least more educated about your your mission and one of one of the, one of the um one of the questions or concerns uh, a year ago was what about seasoned professionals it, it, you know it is it is the work of the BEPP targeted at new entrants who are coming through the ranks having to do qualifications how could we grandfather grandmother people who are very you know tenured and and i think that's become a bit of a non-question now hasn't it uh, james yeah, I, I think it has, uh, especially when we get uh, a gathering of stakeholders uh, that we had at our conference. Uh, I, it's my belief that the standard will will come from top down. Um, the new practitioners won't care about a standard. They just want to get into the industry. However, the people that are work, they're hoping to work for or aspire to work for, if they are if they say you must meet these standards, that's how it's going to actually be enveloped into the industry, right? So uh, if you've got a Fortune 50 company that is demanding uh, during their hiring process that the people they are hiring meet standards, that's how it's going to trickle down. It's not going to trickle up, if that makes sense. So we're, we're definitely getting that feedback. Um, organizations, uh, detail leaders, uh, family office leaders, you know, they're, they're looking at what we're doing and they're, they're really liking it uh, because it, it helps them. Uh, provide a better service to their client. No, I like that. And, and, and I guess maybe, maybe developing that again. And, and this is, you know, I, I honestly just think this is a great opportunity because you're here, I'm here, Jared's here. <laughs> and what, <laughs> one, I, what I didn't plan for this to be like a one year on uh, from our interview session, but one of the questions people, people did have was, you know, well, uh, this is all well and good, improving uh, things, creating standards, but is the end customer going to ask for it much as they might ask for, you know, an ISO standard in construction? I don't know. Are we seeing more of that, more appetite from the customer to request such a standard? Well, again, with the, the decision makers that we had in the, the, the C-suite, those that are being protected, um, I don't know if they'll particularly ask for it because I don't think they particularly know exactly what, we do, uh, which is fine because we don't know what they do, right? We're not going to try to tell them how to run an organization. Um, they just, they, if they have protection, they assume that they're getting the best uh, return for their investment. Uh, you know, so it's the, it's those that are running those teams, those C chief security officers that are running those teams. Those are the ones that we're hoping to influence. And it really does seem like we are because it also allows them to justify a higher budget to their boss and say, you know, if you want us to do X, Y, Z, according to the standard, it requires this amount of support, which amount, which then turns into X number of dollars, right? So they can start justifying their budgets uh, based on the standard 
taking it to their boss. Um, and it's up to the boss, of course, to decide whether or not they want to have that expenditure. But, you know, I always tell people, for example, if you want to do a rope line where the, the client's going to go down and shake hands with people, well, the standard may say it requires three security agents to do that. If you're a solo practitioner, you take that to your boss and say, if you want to do this, I can only guarantee your, or I can't guarantee your protection, but I can only um, ensure a better protection for you if we have three people. And here's why. Here's the standard. Here's how it's written. You know, the boss still may say no, but at least you've informed them, right, mm -hmm. on how it's supposed to be done. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, and and it integrates with a lot of uh, uh, other work, like um, in in a high high net worth uh, home. Uh, sometimes we had we had uh, Chris Alders on, and he said, well, someone might say, I want a uh, two thousand pound uh, heavy door, uh, and it's like, well, okay. If you do, then the building standards require that you reinforce the floor. Uh, and and, right. and I can see how that would fit together. Yeah. I like that. So um, reflecting reflecting on your, your sort of um, output outcome, what, what do you think uh, the, the, you know, we, we're going to really need to see next year? Will it, will it be more questions around tech, more questions around AI, uh, or, or, or more on the human factor. What, 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 what's your priority going to be there? And, and also, I'd be interested. How does that tie into some of the new working groups you're you're organizing? I think we need to take a look at. You know, we got we're going to have some surveys that are going out to our attendees. And I think, like we did this year, uh, we really had a broad spectrum of of uh, of speakers or to topics, rather, right? So we had a broad spectrum of topics, everything from a doctor talking about uh, live or uh, medical directors overseeing uh, medical professionals on, on EP teams uh, to vendor selection to mental health. We had the whole, we had a, a, a good spread. I think that's a, that's the good formula as opposed to just sticking to, you know, any, any one particular topic, but touch on each one. We had, uh, we, we didn't touch on TSCM, but what we did touch on was air tags. Um, and that's a current threat. Right. And there were some things on air tags I didn't know about before. I didn't know they had three antennas. I didn't know they were, you know, they, they I didn't know how the network worked that the air tags will connect to every iPhone within proximity. And there's nothing you can do about it. So there's there's things like that that are current and relevant. But I, I don't think there's any one particular avenue that we're going to stick to uh, as far as maybe a theme other than the theme being uh executive protection it's one of the things even to the finest detail that's why we call it executive security operations and not just executive protection because it's more of a it's a it's a bigger picture it's the entire mm -hmm. operations um as far as a category so um yeah love that add, and, and, and i I, th I think jerry 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 will uh know that i appreciate that air tag angle for example because uh, of of the annual CP Tech Forum that uh, that uh, Jerry's been attending for a few years. Um, I I am a bit of a fan of all things tech, but uh, but do you think do you think we're going to really see a growth in that kind of uh, talks and topics? I think I think as uh, as especially with AI, as it progresses, we're going to see much more focus on that. And you know, an iPhone is obsolete in three months and with AI it's obsolete in a month. Uh, and so uh, the the growth, the exponential growth uh, is is incredible. And we're probably going to, you know, it's the next conference is going to be a year from now. And from the, from now till then, uh, you know, to make a bet on what 
on what type of topics that we'll be talking about would be to be challenging at this point. But you can certainly, you know, we want to be on the cutting edge of everything in terms of the topics that we bring in. That's where we're not going to go back to the same old bag and we're not going to have the same speakers and we're not going to do the same topics unless, I mean, there's always that opportunity that a topic was so incredibly well received that they want to hear it again. But, you know, the difference is um, we're going to, we're, we're, asking for feedback we want the feedback you know this is like like we said it's not our conference we want to know what you the the attendee uh, want to see and hear and we'll go out and find you know the the expert in that area so we really try to gear everything towards the attendees and not what we want uh, because it doesn't matter what we want so the uh, after every uh, speaker we had a uh, we had a survey form uh, and we're going to be sending a survey form out now the after action and we're going to take all of that feedback and then we're going to devise next year's conference which we've already come up with some ideas that we didn't implement in this year's conference and so it's going to just be better already and, so. and what i saw i saw you you know you did it in kansas uh, city and i know uh conference uh city locations in the in the round are a very you know big topic uh this year uh why why kansas city and, and will you be there next year we had tremendous feedback on uh, the site selection uh, from the attendees, not just that the hotel was great. You can go to any city and they're going to have great hotels. Uh, but we picked Kansas City because everybody has to travel a little bit, uh, other than those that are traveling from other countries, right? The, the UK is still a long flight. However, it was appreciated that flying from the UK, they weren't flying to the West Coast because obviously that adds additional flight time. Uh, so that's why we picked Kansas City. It's really middle of the U.S., I think most flights would be two and a half hours if you don't have a connection. Uh, so from LA to Kansas City was two and a half hours. Uh, Boston, how far? How long did it take you to get there, Jerry? It was like two hours and twenty minutes. Sometimes they, you know, yeah. they, they tell you it was about two hours or forty minutes or, or almost three, but it's always around two two and a half to two twenty, and it was it was great. And as somebody who has to travel to uh, Vegas a minimum of three times a year, probably four. Uh, that's that's a flight that I just I just can't take anymore. I just don't like it. You know, I'd rather fly. Quite frankly, uh, when I head to London, it's it's about an hour longer to go to London than it is to go to Vegas. So yeah, uh, we basically said we're going to pick some place in the middle of the map, and that's that's why we chose that area. It's fair for everyone. In, in Kansas City, <laughs> uh, when we went and did the advance, um, they have a new air terminal, and that was. What everybody in Kansas City was talking about, we got to the hotel. Hey, did you guys check out the new air terminal? I like, guess we saw it. Uh, but yeah, it was very easy to uh, from the airport to get to the hotel. It wasn't a complicated airport to traverse. Uh, very straightforward and 20-minute ride in an Uber uh, from the airport directly to the hotel. And then uh, the hotel was – the layout of the hotel was also uh, very convenient, very easy, uh, which people also enjoyed. And one of the other reasons is that we try to take everything. I mean, we, unfortunately, we micro, we micro analyze everything and uh, people may not understand why we've done the things that we've done. Uh, if they ask, we'll certainly tell them. But when you go to someplace like Vegas or you go someplace that uh, like a lot of folks are talking about, they wanted us to do it in Nashville. When you go to those types of places, there is a lot of distraction there. Uh, and that takes people out of the conference and, that's the difference between, I think, you know, the the uh, the audience that we had. They were there for one reason and one reason only was to be part of that conference. 
It wasn't to uh, party. It wasn't to go out and you know socialize. It was for that reason only. And that's why we're we're future uh, future sites will probably be based on that. You know, convenience, uh, but also where how how much distraction is there uh, in and around that area. So uh, we've taken everything. We try to take everything into account. No, I like that, and thanks thanks for that honesty because um, you know. Uh, people people on the circuit <laughs> will uh have maybe been you know talking about locations for events uh in in the round <laughs> you know and 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 that and that what you mentioned is is very very key um there, there were uh, some people mentioning that some locations would not be permitted uh by organizations uh because of distractions other people said well i love those distractions um but then but then if if you're going to a pure play conference and of course i'm a fan of conferences then uh there, there are other considerations um and and yeah this is a slightly different look at the circuit magazine podcast because we're looking thematically at a conference and at outputs but i but i think this is really um you know rather rather handy i i would love to see both of you in london uh in in january obviously you know i i'm a fan of uh, all, all things at conference but but what else is coming up down the pipeline? Um, what should we expect from the BEPP? Where can people get involved? Um, I think I think that'd be a nice uh, sort of next steps uh, question. So what we've got going on uh, now is, of course, the, the, the ANSI standard is still under process, underway, which if anybody is interested, they can go to our website, which is ep-board.org. Send an email saying want to be uh, want to be part of this on the website. You can read about it, um, how you can be involved. But anybody's more than welcome to still apply. Uh, just let us know, and we'll walk them through the process of that. We have the uh, the board certification that is still working behind the scenes. Um, and again, just like uh, ANSI, it, we're, we're driving the bus. But other organizations like Prometric, they're the ones that's in charge of that board certification uh, because it's all they want to make sure that it's third party. It's non-biased and, and they focus, this is what they do. And so we have that, uh, like Jerry alluded to, you know, we're highly considering a conference again next year. And then there's some other things that we're working on that, uh, you know, as if that's not enough, uh, you know, we're working on some other uh, potential aspects that uh, when they're a little bit more developed, I'll let you know and we can do another podcast on those. Lucky. We only have 36 hours in a day. We can uh, we can get a lot more done. <laughs> right. I mean, these are, these are full time jobs for us. Quite frankly, uh, James and I are on the phone half a dozen, maybe a dozen times a day. Uh, whether it's uh, communicating via phone or texting or emailing each other, and it's it's constant about things that we're trying to improve. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm headed uh, out to uh, to go pick up some items that um, that we're going to be shipping out to the attendees. Uh, and we've worked, we've worked a long time just on, just on that. It's on their certificates, basically their certificates of attendance. And that went through several iterations before we agreed, like, yeah, this is a certificate that I would be proud to put on my bookcase or wherever it is. And so something as simple as a certificate that said you attended the event, you know, it's, it, it took us days, hours upon hours, you know, to try to figure out where this put the logo here do we put it there why is this significant so on and so forth so uh, and we think that the uh, the attendees will appreciate that you know it's all about it's all about making sure that there's value for the attendees and there's value for the sponsors and and we go above and beyond because we we appreciate 
uh, we like like we say in my company, we appreciate our clients, our partners, because they put a lot of respect. Uh, excuse me, they put a lot of confidence in in us to provide a service for them, and we respect them for that. That's the same thing with the attendees and the sponsors. They have put a, an awful lot of confidence into us, and we want to show them that we appreciate that. We don't take it lightly. Uh, and the sponsors specifically, they uh, if it wasn't for the sponsors, we wouldn't be able to do the conference. And we want to make sure that they understand that we look at it as if it's, uh, you know, our own money and we're spending it wisely and we're giving them the best bang for the buck. So uh, same with the attendees. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look at from, from the from the start, they, they sign up, they register and about two weeks out from the conference, they receive their credentials in the mail in a nice box with uh, marketing material for, from our sponsors, uh, nice lanyard, a coin. So, I mean, that's a, we all go to conference and you have to stand in line to get your credential and you get your credential and you move on. Right. But this was something that people could actually look at, enjoy. Well, that box took us a long time to design, mm -hmm. uh, took a long time to put them together, uh, took them a long time to fill them. I mean, so there's a, there's a lot of things going on in the background that again, like Jerry said, we're trying to add value. We're trying to uh, make them feel, important that wow this is cool this has never happened before and we set that we set that new bar uh to where's you know that's that's how we want to do things and that's how when jerry's all about branding uh when people think bepp we want them thinking that's next level that is you know they're top notch and is it, is it something that one can join uh be affiliated with um is it a membership organization um what, what's what's on the cards well, we've had a discussion. We don't want to be a membership. We want, uh, you know, uh, as far as the ANSI standard, if people want to join up on that, that's that's fantastic. But, um, you know, there's there's pros and cons to having membership. And, and we don't, we've never done, and we've talked about this on the standard when we first developed, we've never been about the dollar as far as how do we make a return on this. Now, obviously, we have operating costs and we need to have some sort of revenue. Uh, but that was never the initiative of this this organization. Therefore, you know, when we start talking membership, does that detract from our overall mission or how people view us? Uh, you know, people start looking at us. Oh, well, you're just another pay for pay for organization, and we just don't want to kind of go in that realm. And as folks that volunteer their time for this as a paid organization, um, there's an expectation that there's going to be some deliverables. And, you know, we, we, our bandwidth is only uh, so wide and uh, it, right now, because it's all volunteer, no one's there. There's really no uh, dynamic expectation, um, but with a, a paid membership type base, then they're going to expect something all the time. And we just, we're not prepared to do that yet. And maybe again, maybe five years from now, or who knows where this will go, that might change. But, you know, we, we don't want to do something and fail. We would rather wait and do it successfully uh, because we just don't want people to uh, be disappointed in, in what we're trying to do because that would be that would discourage you know that would first ruin our reputation and second it would discourage a lot of other people from uh, from supporting us and we don't want to do that. Well, I, I, and, and also I, I think that's a good uh, idea. And, and on that, you know, to, to, not that there's rumors or to, just to spare anybody from thinking about it. Uh, Nobody was paid for this conference. Our speakers were not paid. They came, they flew their own, they, they paid their own way. They paid their own hotel. Every board member uh, paid their own way, paid their own hotel room. Um, our special advisors, again, they paid their own way and they uh, they paid for their own room. So everybody's in it for the, 
I like to think for the right reasons, right, to to improve the industry. Um, and that's, I think, what's made us successful is we all get along. We all understand um, we're not here for self-service. We're here for industry service. When you have those folks out that support you and appreciate you and respect you for that, they're willing to do it on their own. I mean, they're willing to say, you know, well, I'm going to come and I'm going to fly down here on my own and take care of my own uh, hotel uh, because, because I support you and it's important. And, uh, you know, I sent a bunch of my staff down there um, who originally were supposed to be there just in attendance. Um, uh, but uh, as as uh, great team members, uh, when we realized that we had a couple of uh, uh, areas where we needed some additional help, they just jumped right in, no problem, and were able to uh, handle some of the areas that uh, would have been neglected, and then they were able to join, you know, and enjoy the conference uh, also. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Everybody uh, took part in this, invested a lot into it. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm a fan of that. And you, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, you know, being respectful to people's expectations. I think uh, in the uh, start of the pandemic, I, I, everybody started an association because they thought, why not? And then they realized, oh, no, it's actually a massive uh, work and massive expectations. Um, uh, being associated with associations, I know. And uh, it is indeed not um something to spin up uh you know on on a whim so i think that's a great approach well i am uh looking forward to seeing you again uh, to you know at a number of different events and uh, i very much hope to see you uh, next uh june hopefully if if that's if that's your next uh, event uh james any any sort of parting thoughts parting piece of advice no, I just, uh, you know, for those that are listening that attended, we really appreciate your trust in us because, again, inaugural, that's all they, they went trusting that we were going to put on something that we would deliver what we said we'd deliver. Uh, so, you know, definitely appreciate that. Um, for those that were on the fence that haven't had an opportunity or didn't have an opportunity to go to our conference, I hope to see you, you know, at the, at, at the next conferences uh, because we really try to deliver above and beyond uh, expectations, so. Love it. All right. So it's been lovely to have Gerard and James and in spirit, the rest of the board on the po podcast, um, a, a slightly different look. It's still thematic, but we're looking at the theme of security operations inside a conference. But I'm really, really appreciative for your time for, for, for joining us. So this has been a special edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. Well, thank you very much, James and Jerry and the BPP for that sort of very insightful and timely look. Always good to reflect on earlier sessions of the Circuit Magazine podcast and see how everything uh, is developing. What uh, did you take away from today's session, John? Well, like you just said, you know, it's good to check back in and see the progress that's being made. And I think, you know, that's the kind of watchword or watch phrase for everybody listening to this who considers themselves a stakeholder, um, because whether you agree with it, whether you're happy with the direction it's going or not, you need to ask yourself what makes the most sense, what is the right thing for you to do at this moment in time. And if you want to have, if you if you want a certain outcome. Like I say, if you're a stakeholder, 
you need to be sat at the table. You need to be a part of the discussion. You know, if you just walk away from this and your voice isn't heard, then, you know, it's not represented and you get left behind. So I think it's very important to get uh, industry-wide participation on a discussion like this. I mean, you know, we've seen it ourselves here in the UK where, uh, you know, there's a lot of disgruntled voices now, but were they all sat at the table in the run-up to the launch of the SIA standards? And and I know some of them were, and that adds fuel to the fire. Uh, but of course, not everybody's going to get it exactly, you know, the outcome that they want, but it shouldn't stop you from trying to direct it in in the direction in which you know you should you believe this this standard should be set at yeah absolutely and and i'm i mean imagine you believe that no business will ever ask for this standard okay maybe maybe that that could possibly transpire but in the event that one did or that some do you're right you got to have a seat at the table you you know throw throw your hat into the ring um which 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 i think i think maybe is a is a is a sort of happy medium to to look at and the event itself um it's going to be annual uh so 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 it appears so maybe that's an annual opportunity to feed into the process um which which i think is rather nice obviously i i have a soft spot for events and and i think that this format that they have uh, put together is somewhere between training and uh, a, a larger scale conference, which I think is great for the community. Um, obviously, it's lovely to welcome Jerry to uh, London every every January. He's a, he's a steadfast uh, attendee of the CP Tech Forum each January in London. So looking forward to uh, to welcome him back again. Yeah, you know, in, in Palm, just to say on that as well, Often when people want change, they're seen as radicals, aren't they? And what what you get is the people who are against change, i.e. they want the status quo, their voice isn't always as loud. You know, a, a radical has something to shout about. They they want change. You know, they can always look to the, you know, the existing model and say how that's failing, you know, and then that kind of fuels the fire. But when if if you are happy with the situation as it is, it's not so easy to shout from the rooftops about it. And I mean, I, 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 I'm cautious about making this kind of comparison, but I think we've seen something similar with Brexit here in the UK, where, you know, the radical thing to, uh, you know, the, the radical idea was Brexit itself. And it got, you know, a lot of, um, there was a lot of energy behind that argument. Whereas, you know, the the Remainers, I think, were a lot more conservative in their approach and their defence. And, you know, I, I think, again, you know, what we were just saying, a lot of people now are kicking themselves because they didn't have a louder voice at the time. And and I would just say, you know, that, that was something to be watchful for as, uh, you know, this discussion about standards ensues. Well, I, I definitely want to have that conversation offline because um, there's, 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 there's a lot of in, interesting uh, interesting points you raise and great uh, synergies and sort of comparisons. Um, but we are talking UK. Something about our UK community um, is on the cards, isn't it, uh, John? You, you've recently updated our site. 
Yeah, we've uh, lots, lots has been going on, and uh, you know, not least the the BBA website. You know, it's it's been a good servant for us. Uh, you know, the last iteration, which was probably the third or fourth uh, website, and you know, it's it's finally uh, you know gone off and hung up its spurs and has gone into retirement, and we've released a new website which i think is you know more modern it is more reflective of the the times and the way in which uh we as professionals go about our business and also more importantly the way in which the association runs and aims to support its members and and i think uh so anybody who's interested and uh you know go and take a look we'd love to get your feedback easiest place to feedback is inside the bba connect app which if you're not already signed up to you can do so for free and all the links are in the website love it and of course lots of great things going on too with the naba naba protector app as well i suppose i should also uh say what the the addresses I, I i take it for granted and i mean it's you know if you type in british bodyguard association into any uh search engine i'm sure you know we're going to be right at the top but you know if you want to get there more expressly then it is the hyphen bba.org.uk fantastic and, and we can we can have that in our in our links as well um and in fact we do we do each each uh each week i think we have it in the links of the show notes we sure do um, so apart from that, we are, of course, looking uh, for more contributors to the next issue of the magazine. That is uh, that is always welcome. And uh, some of you have submitted some great things. So thank you uh, very much for that. A lot of great feedback from some of the previous uh, Circuit Magazine podcast sessions, um, notably with Frank Cannon. Uh, I got uh, a lot of great feedback on that one. So thank you uh, very much. Frank was, uh, you know, almost a canonical representation of the entire podcast because he is uh, very kindly uh, tuning in each uh, each time. Um, so so thank you very much for those comments. It really does make a big difference. So, uh, John, I think this is a special edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast in that we are combining the search for a standard with the very timely uh, topic of a conference in Kansas City by the BEPP that searched or sort for that standard um which uh, which I, which i think is a good blend of topics it keeps everything nice and current and gives you access if you were not present at such a conference so from john and myself this has been a special but great edition of the circuit magazine podcast you have been listening to the circuit magazine podcast be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.